welcome to the show everybody we have a special guest with us here today and um i'm gonna give you a chance to introduce yourself to the audience first hi i'm ann myrna and i am producer and first ad for a new film that's coming out uh, before the end of the year called it came from somewhere thank you for that so um, so this is a, based on like a 1950s film. Do you know where he, uh, S.J. Herman, got the idea for it? Um, yes. So S.J. Herman is is kind of the uh, leader at Acrostar Films, and he loves horror films. Um, and is kind of a historian buff with horror films. So he likes to watch Mystery Science Theater 3000. And he was watching it one night, and I think he was watching Teenagers from Outer Space. And just started thinking, wouldn't it be fun to make a movie as if it was made in the 1950s, but make it today and, you know, write an original story and film it and release it um, in black and white with a four by three aspect ratio, just like they did back in the day. So he asked um, some actors that he had worked with previously, myself included, if uh, we'd be interested in that kind of project. And we were all like, yes, it sounds awesome. When do we start? So that's kind of how the whole thing began. That is awesome. So, so for the shows that you had just referenced that he had got this idea from for the uh, younger generation, you mind explaining them uh, shows? <laughs> sure. So back in the fifties, um, there were uh, two filmmakers in particular that um, were, were kind of fashioning this after one was named Roger Corman and the other was named Ed Wood. And they created low budget sci-fi creature feature horror films. Um, and when I say low budget, I mean things like, um, you know, like rather than constructing a wall to use as a set piece behind the actor, they strung up a shower curtain with wrinkles in it and everything. Um, there were some technical errors in the film. Sometimes you would see the boom mic in the shot. Um, sometimes out of frame and you'd hear a noise like he was being hit by a car, but you would still Uh-oh, and we're experiencing some di difficulties. On so oh, there we go. Oh. I'm telling right as the action was happening. So even though you can see it on the screen, you still have a narrator telling you things and they would speak, you know, like very formally and very long sentences and, um, you know, kind of twisting their words a little bit. So it was a little unclear what they were saying, but that was just kind of the writing style at the time. So what SJ did was write an original story, but keep those characteristics of 1950s films in mind. So ours will look like it was made in the 50s and follow all that style, including the acting style, uh, because back then most of the actors were stage actors and they went big, even if they were on camera. So, you know, like huge facial expressions, when the women would scream, it would always be hands to the face, ah, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Whereas we, as on, on camera actor today, like you, you would never go that big. I mean, you're supposed to go really small for the camera. Right. <laughs> All right. So before we get any farther, I'm going to play the trailer for it from somewhere for you all to get a, get a good look at this.
Greetings, my friends. What you are about to witness is true. The names and places have been changed to protect those who witnessed the hunt that happened. So therefore, I must ask you, my friends, can you handle the truth? Can you handle the unbelievable things that you are about to see before your eyes? dramatic the, the dramatic kills me i love it so much the over dramatic especially when they was right through the field she did that yes that's over dramatic i love it i'm i'm most excited to see what is this creature or what it is that they're running from i'm i'm i'm, I'm picturing in my head there's like this 10 foot tall like monster type thing that's going on i don't know but i'm kind of excited for this so um when are you guys are expecting to, I know you guys are expecting to film. How long do you think it's going to take you guys to um, finish the film? Um, we are going to start filming on September 8th and we have four days allocated. Um, this is going to be a feature length film. So about 70 minutes running time. And normally you would think, okay, these people must be insane. You cannot film that much in that small amount of time, but Sticking with the 1950s style, their shots were different than how we shoot today. So today, if there's dialogue between three people on camera, they shoot from each person's point of view. So you run, the, you know, you're filming the scene over and over and over again. They didn't do that that much in the 50s. They did a lot of, um, you know, just wider shots where you would catch both actors, maybe a little over the shoulder shot every now and then. Um, so we're hoping you know, and, and the scenes are short, like one or two takes per scene. Um, you know, we'll have to see once we once we start rolling. And then, you know, in terms of things like special effects, um, it's not what you see in films today. So, you know, our the story is still going to be have a scary element to it because it is a creature feature. But like, I don't think today's audience will be frightened by our creature because we've seen such sophisticated stuff with CGI and you know, all kinds of special effects that we can do with the computer. And we're not having any of that. I mean, we've got a, a, a large dude in a costume. Um, so, uh, you know, he's still going to be creature-esque and he will have trouble communicating with the humans. Um, we have aliens as well. So the, the overall story is that a spaceship has crash landed on the earth. And inside that spaceship, there were two aliens and a creature that they were transporting for some nefarious purpose. And so the aliens get out of the ship and some teenagers come to ex explore the ship and the aliens make them go look for the creature. And in the meantime, the, the creature is killing people. The aliens are killing people. Um, I won't say who lives or dies, um, but the, you know, the violence is, is so tame compared to today's standards. So with this film, with the uh, cast, who would you say act most like their character? Uh, like you mean like in real life who's most like their character yeah oh you know it that's kind of hard to say because so sj is a writer he is a very good storyteller and he 
he knew who from his prior films wanted to be involved in this one. So he kind of wrote the characters for the cast that he had in mind. And then there were a few extra people that, that needed to be cast. Um, I mean, my character, uh, I'm like the oldest one, you know, somebody has got to be the oldest. So it's me. Um, I'm playing the grandmother, um, but there are no parents. So I'm taking care of my two grandchildren and working with them as a, a grandmother in a nurturing way. And then I'm also their parent in a more firm way to make sure that they obey the rules of the house type of thing. And, and I guess in real life, I'm that way too. Um, one of the aliens, uh, there's a female alien and a male alien. Um, the female is um, kind of bossy and stuff. And she's played characters like that before, um, but this is in like in an alien way. And then the, the guy who's the alien is like Mr. Laidback and his alien character is a little bit laid back too. So yeah, it's kind of interesting, the parallels between real life and then the characters. That is awesome. Uh, for those who are watching live, if you do have questions, uh, please send them in. So a, a little about you. So I read up that you have been doing a, a lot of stuff. You've done uh, voice acting, you've done commercials, you've done theater. There's a lot of stuff under your belt that you've done. So what is the one thing that you enjoy doing the most out of all those things? Um, I really like working on the independent films. Um, I mean, theater is, is kind of a different beast. So just a little bit about my, my background. I was in plays in high school, and then I worked in information technology for over 40 years. And then at the age of 58, um, I started making a bucket list because my friends had bucket lists. <laughs> the first thing I put on my bucket list was I wanted to be on Chicago PD because they filmed that um, in Chicago where I live. And so I figured out how to be a background actor, figured out how to submit to the show, got booked the first time I submitted. And again, that's not really acting, but it kind of gave me a taste of what on-camera acting was about. And so I took classes and got some agents and, you know, just kind of started networking and expanded from there. So with the independent film uh, community, there's just so much passion that goes into all the projects. Um, you know, usually the ideas are original um, and people are doing this because they want to do this. Um, they want to provide entertainment and they want to give people a way to escape from day-to-day -day life. And when you look at some of those network TV shows and the way they're run when you're on set, you know, people are there to do a job kind of thing. And I mean, it, it's relatively efficient and the, the products are, are very well received and everything, but you just don't get that personal passion that you see with the indie film community. So I would say that that like aspect of the acting work that I've done is my favorite for sure. I, I've been noticing that about the indie film community that I've been enjoying a lot of the indie films more than the big budget films. So mm -hmm. I'm starting to appreciate more of the uh, indie film aspect of everything. So um, one of the questions that I was one I was told to ask was, "What was what's going what?" Because we know that you guys booked the filming location. So what is your favorite filming location? Um, for what we have coming up, for it came from somewhere. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't have a hundred percent approval on the timing of this yet, but we are going to film part of it um, in a very small town in central Illinois on their like main street because it has not been modernized much, you know, and it kind of looks like it's still in the 1950s. And when I talked to the city manager there, so my, my role as producer and first AD is to also help with the locations. 
So I talked to the city manager there and she's like, oh, you know, we love to have people film here. And SJ Herman has actually filmed in this town before last summer and they had such a good experience with him. They're like, oh, yeah, come on back. You know, let us know how many blocks we need to block off of the street for you. And we'll get, you know, police to make sure that people don't go on set if, you know, they're not needed and stuff like that. So, you know, we're being welcomed with with really warm arms and we're going to try to get some vintage vehicles placed on the street as well. I'm in contact with a local um, car show um, company that, um, you know, like puts on vintage car shows. And so we're hoping we can do that as well to, you know, really as authentically as we can have everything in the background, at least not looking modern. Like if we can't get, you know, the right era of cars, then maybe we won't have any cars, but at least we won't have like a, you know, 19, you know, like 1998, you know, like, you know, we're going to have at least, you know, as close as we can get. And we're doing the same with props as well. Um, There's a guy I've been in contact with. So we we have a little um, scene where the teenagers are dancing and we wanted to show a radio in the background because if they were gathering, they would have their maybe transistor radio or whatever. And so I found a guy who actually repairs and sells old vintage radios, but he's got all these spare parts. So he's going to like give me something. It doesn't have to work because we'll put the sound in and post, but he's going right. to, you know, give me something at a really low budget, you know, dollar value that will look so cool and will be a little larger. And like, we don't have to use an itty bitty transistor radio that they had back in the day. We have something, you know, like a little more sizable. So you can see the dials and stuff on it. Right. Um, and even for like some of the alien control panels, when they're communicating with their um, you know, leader in space, we're making that prop and, so it's not going to be like super high tech and that, you know, we spent maybe $20 on it because um, we you know, are trying to keep as low of a budget as possible. Oh, that sounds cool. I was actually going to ask about that. Um, so how do you like try to maintain your budget or try to stay at least under the budget? Because I know there are a lot of like, like when you're making a film, do you plan for like mess ups or something like that or for something going wrong? Do they plan for that in the budget or like how does that work? For the people who yeah, are going to get into the, like, the film industry. Yeah, I mean, when we put together our initial numbers, we have some contingency in there. And even just running the, the fundraising campaign on Indiegogo, they take about 10%. Um, so, you know, that's 10% that we're not going to see. Um, they also, Indiegogo doesn't pay you right away. Like if somebody makes a contribution, you don't get that money right away. You get that money a couple weeks after your campaign ends. So we we just extended our campaign because we were run, kind of running kind of low on the contributions, um, but we're not going to get any of that money until later. Um, so we just kind of plan our expenditures and see, you know, whose credit card can float the cost of things like props. Um, we actually don't really have much fees in terms of location fees. Mm-hmm. Um, we are shooting some interior scenes at an Airbnb that we're renting. So that's, that's really that. And, um, some money for the cast is our main areas of expense. Okay. Uh, so, H, uh, sorry, SJ is like relatively new to like independent filmmaking is what I saw. So what made him like just dive into it? Because from what I'm, what I've seen with some of the, the stuff that I've seen, he's pretty good at what he learned in such a short amount of time. So mm-hmm. what do you think, uh, what drove him to, you know, to begin into independent films or what, what, uh, what was like his motivation for to keep going and not knowing what how this was going to turn out? What would you think he would say? 
So S.J. Herman is an independent author first. So he's written, I think, eight books over the last nine years or so. And he has his books out on Amazon. Um, if you search for S.J. Herman, and it's H-E-R-M-A-N-N, -N, um, you can see all the books that he's written and you can download them and read them on Kindle. Um, oh, speak of the devil. <laughs> he just popped it on. <laughs> So I, I'm, I, I'm explaining what motivated you to be a filmmaker. So, so far, I'll let you take over. But so far, I've said that uh, you've written about eight books um, over the past several years, and you have everything on Amazon. I'll let you explain how you then went into filmmaking. Uh, well, I started filmmaking as, as a dream of every self-published author, that you see their books come alive into a film. And... That's very difficult to do when you're a self-published author. So I took it upon myself to learn the traits. And I self-taught myself for over two years how to make films. And from there, I made my first film off of a short story I wrote, In the Dark. And from that, the rest is history. Uh, what's that first one uh, based off the, uh, the I believe it was Mental Health? Uh, yeah, In the Dark is based off... Uh, a short story I kind of wrote, and I adapted it for mental health issues. Okay. Somebody who suffers from uh, several phobias, depression, and anxiety. And it kind of takes place kind of during a, a zombie outbreak. As she, after she, well, I don't want to give too much away. But she sees herself as she thinks other people see her as she goes through her mental illness. Okay. So, SJ, now that I have you here... One of the questions I want to ask you, how do you bring your scripts to life? Uh, well, I basically start with the premise, obviously, and I base them off my books, most some of them, not all of them. Mm -hmm. And from there, I take the premise and see what I'll be able to work with as far as budget. And then I adapt it the best I can to fit the budget, and I go from there. I mean, sometimes I really have to scale stuff down because mm -hmm. in books you can really go extravagant and go all over the place. But yeah. when you're low budget, you really got to cut it down. So that's that's the starting point right there. Okay, so for um, it came from somewhere. What was, because um, uh, Ann talked about it earlier with uh, the TV show that you had watched. So what was the biggest thing that like, like, ah, I love this with, um, uh, what was the name? I forgot the name of the name show this already. And I had it in my notes and <laughs> I can't find it. <laughs> Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I was just watching. It was teenagers from outer space and it's campy. It's corny. And it's, it's, it's not that bad of a movie, but it's like, wow, wouldn't it be cool? To actually film something like this, a B, a campy B sci-fi creature feature film, mm -hmm. uh, and shoot it like we were actually shooting it in the fifth in the fifties. And I contacted the cast I had worked with with Trepidity, mm -hmm. and they were all like, "Yeah, let's do it. We got to do it." It's like, all right. And I started writing the script, and and it's hard writing when you're a writer. You get used to writing a certain style. Uh, but when you got to write really bad or convoluted dialogue, that's the hard part. Because your writer, your writer brain wants to go, oh, that's too bad. I got to change that. But you can't because you got to keep with the times. 
uh, back to fifties when you know the dialogue was eh, and. I was going to ask about that. So, for writing dialogue, uh, is it very hard for you to write dialogue, or is it is door come easy for you? Because I've tried my finger at it, and it's it's extremely difficult for me to do. I, well, actually, what I do, I'll write it down. I'll write out a scene with dialogue, and then I'll actually read it out loud. So I'll basically have a conversation with myself, and oh. see how it sounds. Oh. I didn't think about it that way. I might have to try that. <laughs> so when people see this film, what is the takeaway that you want people to have after seeing this film? Uh, that it's unique, that you you haven't seen anything like this in the indie film community yet. And really just respect uh, filmmaking back in the 50s. They didn't have all the high-tech special effects that we do now. It was all practical effects, and they had to use what they had available. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's mixed results. Uh, take Edward, for example. But it's just the corny and bad, but yet there's just something special about them that makes them stand out. And that's what I want to recreate. And that's what I want to show people. Hey, you know what? These films do have a place in movie history, no matter how bad or how terrible they are. They do have a place in film history. All right. So you currently right now have another uh, slasher horror film that's uh, making its way around the scene. You mind explaining to the people about that? Yes, that's Trepidity. The, uh, trailer? Yep. Yeah, that, that's Trepidity. And that's based off one of my short stories I wrote for a horror anthology, I'm going to say six, five years ago. And it's basically five girls go to a bar and they party it up. And they hear about one girl hears about a legend, an urban legend of the Satan servants. So they call upon it thinking it's just an urban legend, but actually it's not. So what happens when they call upon this demon, it jumps from body to body, killing each other, killing, you know, the other girls. And after it kills, it bounces to a next body, to another body Hmm. and kills. And they have to survive until midnight. If they can survive until midnight, they make it. If not, they're dead. All righty. Let's play the trailer for that right now. All right. All right, ladies, here we are. Welcome to our personal party barn. Do you realize how many horror movies start with a bunch of girls drinking in the middle of the woods? Ladies, what is with the lack of enthusiasm? Let's go check out the creepy murder barn. Find anything cool? There's words written on the wall in blood. Scary setting calls for a scary story. Not gonna be too scary, is it? Legend says the demon has until midnight to collect as many souls as it can before having to go back to hell. We offer our bodies as sacrifice. Come, thy loyal servant. Who is that? Party's over. You bitches win. On the contrary, the party's just beginning. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, no one to trust. (laughs) Please. I don't want to die. 
all I can say is why um, my uh, one of the other cast members on the show, Tina Marie, she loves horror films. I definitely got to get get her. To, I got to get a hold of this so she can watch this. Um, so for the people who do want to see your material, how do they find your material? Uh, I have a YouTube channel called Aquastar Films, A-C-R-O-S-T-A-R Films. And that's on YouTube. And so, my books, my books are on Amazon. So, the, the trailer that we just watched right here, um, all I can say is first, wow. Thank second, you. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, it was spot on with everything like 1980s, like the, what you said, the 1980s killer barn. Loved it. Thank you. Yeah, that was fun. That was some fun. We actually filmed that over three days. Well, three days? Yep. Three nights, actually. You are efficient. When you got a good cast and crew, it makes everything move a lot better. And I, I have been blessed to have worked with some amazing people. I'm so blown away right now. Um, Actually, where are you uh, based out of? So if anybody, like, wants to get in contact with you or interested in working with you, how can they uh, get in contact with you and, or, and where are you based out of? Uh, I'm kind of based out of two places, Illinois and Texas. I'm in Texas right now, but I also film up in Illinois. That's kind of like where everybody I know, all the actors in that are. So I really kind of film up in Illinois, kind of like the Chicagoland area. Oh, okay. Oh, you're not not too far from where I am. That's oh. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I live about an hour and a half, almost two hours from Chicago. Oh, that about when I'm yeah. home, I'm about forty minutes away, maybe, depending on traffic. You know. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that Chicago traffic. They can they can keep the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys have the Indiegogo going. So. Do you want to let the audience know, like, why, if they're interested, why should they in, invest in your film, and um, what kind of things they should they can get in return for investing in your film? And I'll let you take this one. Okay. Um, so yeah, we have campaigns uh, still going for both. It came from somewhere and for Trepidity. Um, for it came from somewhere. That's still like our initial campaign that's going on. And you can just type in it came from somewhere.com and that will redirect to that Indiegogo page. Um, and then once you're there, it will show um, toward the top of the page. It says that uh, SJ Herman is running the campaign. And if you click on uh, the link under his name, then you can see the Trepidity campaign as well. So for it came from somewhere, what we've got left since we're really close to filming is um several different types of credits uh, that you could get. Uh, a lot of people, when they contribute to independent film campaigns, they like to get credit on IMDb. So it can be uh, from special thanks all the way to executive producer credit. There are various levels that are available. And then you also get credit in the film. Um, the nice thing about getting credit in, the, in a 1950s style film is that a lot of the credits play before the actual movie starts. So you don't have to wait until the very end to see your name on the big screen. Um, and then for uh, Trepidity, really what we have uh, left is that you can uh, get a digital download of the movie for $15. We're also looking into some streaming platforms for it. Um, and Trepidity runs about 40 minutes. 
and it came from somewhere is going to be around 70 minutes long. All right. Thank you both for uh, joining me on this episode of the podcast. It was amazing to have you on. I'm excited to see the finish. So I, uh, I came from somewhere. Um, I would definitely be contributing campaign. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Miss um, uh, Caramel down at the bottom, do you have any questions for our guests? Um, no, I don't. The questions that I had were all answered. I'm just waiting. So, SJ, and thank you so much for uh, joining us on this episode. Um, make sure you guys go check out these projects. It's scrolling at the bottom. It's the links to the uh, projects. So make sure you guys go and click click on those links. Uh, thank you, Ann and SJ, for you. Thank you for having us. You're Thank welcome. you so much. Guys, have a good evening. You uh, too. Bye. Bye. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I just love having a guest on. So as we get ready to head into final thoughts, uh, I always got a, a TikTok clip for you guys. Um, so we're going to play it, and then me and Seth are going to talk about it. I would like to have the power to just transport myself into my daughter's brain for a few seconds just to look around because anything longer than a few seconds, you're going to need psychological help and medicine that the FDA hadn't even approved yet. Now, my baby starts the first grade on Wednesday. Over the past couple of weeks, she's been more and more nervous about it. And I'm thinking it's just because it's a new grade. She's a little unsure. No, my daughter walked up to me and she says, Daddy, do I treat the first day of first grade like my first day of prison and just take out the biggest one? Say they know not to play with me. First of all, you little shit, no, you ain't never been to prison. That's not how it works. And two, you go into the classroom, you sit your butt down, and you don't speak until you're spoken to. This little girl gonna be like, ha, huh, do you not know who I am, daddy? Yes, I know who you are. That's why I say you gotta sit down and not say nothing, because I don't know the response time for the SWAT team to the school yet. Give me a few days, just a few days. So that is definitely uh, probably SMA's uh, experience going into uh, her daughter's first uh, first grade year. I'm just going to put that out there. Well, <laughs> well, not really. So Makaya, she was uh, she was excited to go to school when I first got her in school. She was like four. She was excited. She was like, oh, wow. So these but I, 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 I cried. I didn't want her to go. So but these kids out here thugging? Ah, uh, please, not nah, they just the hell they is. <laughs> they is thugging. They is thugging. They, I told you, this generation is the most toxic fucking generation ever. All right, so I got it's two more clips you guys that I cannot, that I cannot pass up. So here, another one of the clips. When Trump gets arrested. I'm going to laugh my ass off and have a beer. No, the hell you not. We're experiencing some technical difficulties here. Uh, let's retry that again. When Trump gets arrested. All right. I'm going to laugh my ass off and have Okay, dear, that clip is just not working. I am sorry, y'all. So we're going to head into the next one. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this cat's wrong, y'all. He's going to tell us. <laughs> yeah, 
they feel like, oh, hell no. She's saying you got to cover this up. <laughs> right. So, oh, that's as, we, funny. as we head into final thoughts, Heffa, what kind of final thoughts you got for the people? Um, you know, I don't ever have no final thought. I need to be thinking about final thoughts, huh? Just fucking noise out here. Ain't no, ain't no better. God, please. Which, anyway, the noise out here ain't making it no better for my thought process. Lord, my final thoughts is y'all, uh, reckless driving. Um, be kind to one another. And don't forget to check us out this Saturday, 3 p.m. at Brewski's uh, Sports Bar, located on Office 76 in Blue Mile. Come out, come hang out with us. That's this Saturday at 3 p.m. at Brewski's Sports Bar. So with that being said, uh, don't forget to head over to Habits365.com. Use code Anthony4 to receive 20% off your purchase. And don't forget to head over to uh, RepSports.com and use code Marta1 to receive 5% off your purchase. Don't forget to follow us on TikTok and Instagram, which is SPD Podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, which is Same Cat Different Day Podcast, along on YouTube, which is Same Cat Different Day Podcast. And don't forget to hit, hit, hit that subscribe button and hit that like this video pop up. And thank you all for tuning in to this episode. And we will see you all on the next one. Um, four more episodes, uh, three or four more episodes, season finale. So make sure y'all be tuning in for that. Now they're gonna be fun. Mommy ain't gonna be on there with y'all. <laughs>